0: You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Joe Von J. Palmer. Got a special guest on my guy, Charles. What's up, Charles, brother? How you
1: feeling? I'm good, man. How you living, good. man? I'm blessed as well, brother. So, I I'm was waiting on you to say it, right? <laughs> I, said, I set you up. <laughs> Put it pun
0: intended, my brother. Pun intended, I am living blessed, man. Life is amazing. Damn. I can't complain, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad and I'm fortunate to know you, man, because you are a solid guy. Since I've met you, how long we know each other? A couple months now? April. April. April, May, June, July, August, September. Five months, man. You've yeah. been a really solid and impactful guy, and I can definitely see why people are attracted to you, man, in the way that they do, in the way that you work. You've taught me a lot of stuff that I didn't know about yourself, about what you do, man. So let's go ahead and um, introduce yourself to the people, man. Tell them who you are, what you do, and uh, we're
1: going to get into it. Absolutely. So, yeah, my name is uh, Produced by a Pack. I call myself a brand A&R. What a brand A&R is, mm-hmm. is someone just like an A&R is to an artist, I help produce entrepreneurs with their Branding With their messaging Also um, How they present Themselves Visually yeah, When it comes yeah. to The aesthetics And <clears throat> also Even graphic design And what the brand Sounds like So Word. where it kind of Stems from is uh-huh. I got started producing In 2011 as doing I started beats and stuff? Yeah Word. Making music Making beats Okay okay From there I started to learn To actually Not only Produce the beats Because I've noticed It was becoming A lot more easier To make music mm-hmm. But I, I got into Graphic design I'll start doing uh, Their mixtape covers Album covers Things of that nature Word. From there That allowed me to to actually learn how to promote these different products so Mm -hmm. I got into branding and marketing and I was doing that for eight nine years or so until I want to say 2019 or so I made the the actual pivot to service entrepreneurs as well helping produce entrepreneurs with those same concepts okay and that's where the term brand and are actually stems from from the music background bringing it on over to the entrepreneur world so I could service more people
0: that's a lot man but I, I like him I love the concept man when you told me about it I said I've never thought of it like that how you Made that spin before we get into all that, man. Let's let's travel back in time, mm-hmm. man. Let's go back a little bit because you haven't always been the brand A and R, right? Right. You know, life hasn't always been where you are now. Because I know you talked about, you know, in the army once upon a time, and you know, just kind of traveling and stuff like that, so, man. Let's take us back to, man, a moment where you've had that moment of trauma, man. Just kind of walk us through that story and tell us a little, a little bit more about that. So,
1: 2013, March 26th, That's when I joined the military. I joined the Air Force. I
0: always get them mixed up. My, <laughs> Everybody my, my does. Girl, she kills me. Girl, every she um she joined the air force too. Uh-huh. I just started it's just saying the military, yeah, because I would either say the army, the <laughs> navy, uh, the, the marines, all of us. So I just say right. the military, and then let her correct me on the back end. <laughs> joined the air force, uh-huh. twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the reason behind joining the air force?
1: Well, uh, to be like completely honest, that was like really my only option, mm-hmm. really, because I had plans to go to college, okay, and I had actual aspirations to do something within music, graphic mm-hmm. design, somewhere in there. But I didn't have anybody to pay for it. Got you, got so you. So I wasn't 360 that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there yet. I wasn't there yet.
0: I'm talking, I ain't talking about, that three, I'm talking about the, the Fed loan, the
1: government loans that oh, yeah. 360 nah. They got us all caught up in. <laughs> I was sat with a decision. My uncle, I was talking to him for a while and all my family yeah. was trying to get me into you know going to the military. It was actually just because they know my personality a little bit, okay. they suggested me to go to the Air Force. So I sat down with my uncle and I was telling him how much I didn't want to go. And he just took me to the recruiter office one day. To he say, hey,
0: we're here. And Why do you want to go?
1: Well, one, I felt like I was being forced to.
0: Okay, that makes sense yeah
1: it was a lot of preconceived notions that I had about the military you know because when yes. you think about military you're yeah, thinking you about just
0: think, like wars and stuff like yeah that. going yeah, in the yeah. front lines yeah I yeah, told myself yeah, like yeah.
1: going into this military situation two places I do not want to go Afghanistan South Korea why because like of things like the stories and stuff that you hear like Afghanistan like you think war like yeah, yeah you know because yeah. that's that's what it is right 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 you know you, you just pull it out and stuff so like you know you see how crazy it is but I was like yeah, as I was weighing in on my decision and those were the two places that I said I did not want to go to. But what kind of changed my mind was, OK, let me sit back and let me actually think about my situation. I didn't have any money to go to school. I was only getting five grand from Pell Grant. Mm-hmm. So I still had a lot more money to actually make up for the rest of the difference. Yeah, yeah. And I knew I was going to be a struggling college student where I had to work. I had to do all these different things. So I was Been like, you know before.
0: what? And there before.
1: <laughs> you know what? Let me at least go in, see if I like the experience. Yeah. Also, let it set a foundation. Let me actually learn some skills that I can actually bring on the outside. And you never know who you may meet in the inside of the military. Yeah, I kind of finally made my own decision and I decided to go in. So you got in. So this is 2013, mm-hmm. April, right? This was... The months that kind of passed by since... Yeah, March. It was March. March.
0: You're going into... The, you, make, you finally made a decision say, I want to go to the military. This is my own decision that I'm making. And what's going through your mind... Because because I know you were talking about, you know, the possibilities of going to like Afghanistan and South Korea and stuff like that. And that has to be, I just got to be crazy. I just couldn't imagine myself like, you know, across the country at mm-hmm. how old were you at the time?
1: 19.
0: 19 years old. So yeah. you're kind of, you're fresh out of high school. Yeah. A year out of high school, like that. So it's just, you're pushing yourself over to do this new thing. Mm-hmm that you don't have no experience. Anybody
1: in your family went to the military? Yeah, yeah. My uncle in Miami, he was a drill sergeant. Okay, okay. I had another uncle that I was living with in Atlanta, uh, the one that drove me to the recruiter's (laughs) office. He was, in, he was in the army. You going, you going. <laughs> and um, that's where he met my aunt. So was he more like a father figure or something to you? Um, or you just, it was more just like a community them? effort, to be honest. Okay. Like I was just fortunate to have a lot of family around. Like I had all different types of experience. Growing up, me, my mom, and my pops, mm-hmm. my sister, we was all living in one house for a while. They got divorced. Mm-hmm. My sister ended up graduating high school and stuff. So they she's the older sister,
0: and then it's you. Okay, okay, okay.
1: And from there, I was living, you know, some of my pops and then some with my mom, but my mom lived with my aunt. You're and this from- is in Miami. Miami. Oh. In that household, I had a whole different type of experiences. And your moms
0: or your pops?
1: Yeah, they got divorced.
0: you got divorced and so mm-hmm. you pretty much, you're doing like the weekend things, like the weekend with your pops or a weekend with your moms? It was a combination, a combination of combination that. Of- or it
1: was a combination of like me just living with my pops for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. me, me living with my, my mom. But mostly after I kind of got situated, I, I lived at this particular house in Miami. With okay. my, yeah. I lived in a lot of different experiences where it was like 12 of us in the house mm-hmm. in one house. Twelve in one house? Yeah. Yeah. Heck no. <laughs> no. No, sir. How big was the house? It actually was pretty big. Like, from the outside, it doesn't look many, as big. How many people had to share a room with? Let's ask that question. The house have about six or seven bedrooms. Six, seven bedrooms. So, of course, you're. So, m- it was points in times where me and my mom shared the room. It was points in times where people just kind of cycled around. So, like, it wasn't always that many what people.
0: What saw these people in your house?
1: All family. All family So I had uh, It was me The uncle that took me To the recruiter's office My other uncle That owned the house uh-huh. Both were their wives Which is my aunts My cousin Are you American? Yeah Like full blood American I have some family in um, From the Bahamas I didn't know about that Until like asking because
0: school. Like there's 12 people Living in the house And typically You don't see that In African American households Like you only see that In like you know Indian I- households Im- Immigrants Immigrants stuff like yeah. that Because they just believe In the whole community aspect Of we can all live in this house together stack our bread and then once we all get to a certain place a space in life that's when we kind of like go our separate ways but for right. now we're gonna do this like was that you all's mission or it just happened just be that way
1: i don't know because i was you know i was young at the time so uh, i know my mom moved there because my pops my yeah, mom yeah, yeah, and my yeah. pops divorced right right when it comes to my other auntie uncles even my sister and my little nephew was in there at one point i don't know i think we just cost of living in miami is pretty high yeah yeah yeah. So it has to be. i guess you know we was all there just it's to say
0: Money and just split the bills. No, I mean, that's dope. It's a dope concept. Um, mm-hmm. I should have been taught. Talk- I've talked to my homeboy um, about it, how we just don't do that in African American culture, you know, community, just because we like our space. I know I love mm-hmm. my space. Like, too many people in the house, I, I don't know if I could have done it. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I and, just, but, like, that's all I know. Yeah, yeah so, so you
0: know, so it's like this is normal for you yeah. versus me. I grew up where I had my own bedroom. <laughs> I had to share once upon a time, you know, different spaces. And, you know, I hated that too. Like, mm-hmm. I always hated sharing my space. Mm-hmm. Um, So I just couldn't imagine. So like
1: you know yeah, but I mean you know what? Because I had the experience of especially when my mom and my apostles was together, mm-hmm. um, I had my own room. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. So like it's
0: it's not just like to go from you know one way to
1: the other. Yeah, just- I, I didn't I didn't mind it because like these was like my favorite people, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like my aunts and my uncles. And mm. like, I just, it was always a fun time. Like every so it's night. Like
0: every night is fun, you have game nights or whatever. So it's just like, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, game yeah, nights. Yeah. So
1: we watching TV uh-huh. together, we eat together. Like I enjoyed it, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? So it, the only part that I didn't enjoy uh, since I was about the youngest, that had, you know, some type of responsibility. and uh-huh. stuff was always my fault. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Why them dishes in the sea? Why does bathroom look like this? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the stuff I hated, but uh-huh. other than that, yeah, we used to have a lot of dope memories, for sure. Word,
0: word. So what was like the reason behind your parents' divorce? Like, you know, was it like, you know, just, might step out, or they like you know they just couldn't see eye to eye anymore. They grew out of love. Like, what was the reason? How did that affect? Them? I honestly still don't know. And you got some questions to ask your family. I do. But you, got some, you got some questions to ask your family because like, these are things that like you should know. Because uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody. Just talking about how very transparent they are with their kids. Mm-hmm. And they tell their kids everything that they feel their kids need to know and should know because as they grow older, it helps them understand themselves and why they do the things that they do. And right. So I challenge you to ask these questions when you feel comfortable to do so to kind of like get some understanding behind these things. So as you grow older as a man, um, it helps you understand some of the ma- ways you may move or some of the ways that you did actually move and everything like that. Yeah. I agree
1: because I'll say this, when I got into the military, mm-hmm. circling back to that, I did start to ask a little bit more questions because me and my mom actually started to develop like a real relationship. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. just you do what I say all the time. Right, it's right. Like, okay. Right, like right, she right. kinda laxed back after I graduated. Okay. Because we was bumping heads. I started to ask certain questions. So I heard a little bit. She mm-hmm. have not gave me all of it. Yeah, yeah. But I still need to actually have that conversation, with Pop's perspective, to see like what happened.
0: Right, right, for sure. So military. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it. I, I'm interested to mm-hmm. know 2013, you make your decision to go in there, right? Right. You're there. What was your first instincts? Like me, they dropped me off in my heart. I'm, I'm thinking, like, you know, this was the worst decision ever for <laughs> Joe Biden. Why'd you do this? What was, like, what's your thoughts? What's going through your head at the military? Like you're in the military.
1: It's crazy because I pull a lot of my experiences based off of. Uh, things that I've done in the past mm-hmm. And as I got there I was thinking that things were going to be Kind of like how I saw in movies When it comes to like boot camp And stuff like that What we'll movie, like Major Pain? Yeah, like Major Pain Or something <laughs> like that, right? As I'm sitting there And I'm like, yo, like this is not bad Like I've had worse at like 2 days and like because i play sports i play football i play okay, basketball okay. like i've had cultures where like y- they yell at you or they correct you so, so like i'm not much,
0: in a sense prepared for it
1: and then even in my own household like that's how it was yeah too. yeah so yeah. like it wasn't a big as big of a adjustment i just had to get had to get used to the culture then especially on the air force side once i actually started to understand how it actually runs uh-huh. it's really just like a nine to five bro like you Of course, you know, it's certain things that you have to do and you're you're obligated to do Mm. uh, when it comes to being in the military. But it's really just like a job. Like you go in, you work, and then you come home. Like even um, getting to the point where like, you know, I told you those two places I didn't want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End up going to both of them. Really? What happened? So in 2015, I had deployed to Afghanistan and uh what the base, those
0: thoughts going through your head
1: I, I ain't gonna hold you like I was kind of anxious about it for sure uh-huh. but the uncle that I was telling you about right his name is Terry Uncle Terry he's been over he was in the over in Afghanistan for years as a contract so he was doing logistics and things of that nature so just so happens that I was going to be deployed to that same location where he was at so he had a little few contacts out there maybe so not only that but I was a little anxious about it but just the fact that I knew what I was going to be doing there you mm-hmm. know like I, I'm not going out there on the front lines I'm not leaving the base what I did was pretty much was um, accountability okay so making sure that everybody who comes in and out the country is accounted for so I can um, report that information out to the people that needs to see that I'm literally in the office on the computer and You're we're in watching the shoe position you know what I'm saying we watching we watching movies we watching we getting caught up on the first two seasons of power we yeah. watching yeah, yeah. You are yeah, yeah. watching like literally any movie that you can name on there. So, it was a challenging experience for sure, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. So, what were some of the challenges that you faced during that time? Man, so to be honest, that's where I say a lot of things started to pop up mm-hmm. when it comes to just like trauma-wise, like not because something happened to me in regards to like war per se, but just being in that atmosphere and, you know, we working 12 hours a day every single day. No breaks. And if it is breaks, it's because, like, y'all constructed it that way. We did happen to have, like, an off day, just one off day. How you not get breaks? It's Afghanistan, no breaks. I mean, well, yeah, because you're in the military. So, like, you do what they say. So,
0: so y'all's laws, the military law and, like, the United States law are like two separate laws in a sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so you have the United States law, the Constitution, then you have the UCMJ, which the is. UCMJ? Um, the UCMJ. Stand for. Okay, my bad. Are you good? <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get up. <laughs> <laughs> it's <still> 45 <coughs> Yeah. So I know the last one is judiciary. I forget what it stands for. But mm-hmm. Basically, it's the the law. The Una- law. Probably like United States United military. You S- you said United, UCMJ You see MJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Military justice. United States
0: something military justice. Yeah. Something, something, okay. But
1: basically, it's how the mm-hmm. United States, the military codes, uh-huh. things of that nature. It's that's that's how they kind of base things off of. So it's it's at a high. Level yeah. than a regular because it's things that military people can't do that uh-huh. a regular civilian can
0: a uniform code of military, military justice. justice. Yep. Okay. So, yep. is the United States military's legal canon? Yep. It establishes law that you must abide by if you are
1: a service member, in any of the branches of the armed forces. So, this is how you can get actual, like, actually in trouble for being late to work. This is this is how you can actually get in trouble oh. for, um, for doing things that normal people wouldn't do. You failed your PT test. Like, this is how they can actually enforce rules and regulations that you can't in the regular world. So, like, in the United States, I feel a, you know, a drug test. The urine
0: comes back dirty. I just don't get a job. But versus, like, in the military, you feel a drug test, you might go sit in the hole.
1: It depends on the situation. It depends on the person. It depends on the actual, the, what they call the commander, which is, like, the CEO of a company. Okay. Uh, so, in the Air Force, like, if you get caught with weed, you pretty much getting kicked out. It's but real weed? Mm-hmm. Like booted out benefits going to? Yep. It's honorable discharge. For a little bit of weed. Yep. Ain't no way. Yep. Ain't no way, boy. <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> but I mean Dang. even beyond that, just you being a knucklehead at work or you just like not doing the job or whatever the case may be, like, they could fire you on the on the outside, but on the inside, like when it comes to military sound like jail. They just literally like they, they have to deal with you. So the way they deal with you is, all right, like, if you was making $5,000 this month, be taking your check. And instead of you making $5,000, you are going to make 2500 They can do that? Mm-hmm.
0: I see that's exactly why I didn't go. <laughs> exactly. Well, I've heard good things about it, but I've heard like a lot of great benefits of the military. But I just still couldn't, like, I couldn't do like, My homeboy. boy, I could not um, to work with. He uh had like he was like had an easy job too. He was in the military and all he had, he was just pushing papers all day. He did that for like twenty years. Retired with a you know great. Pension and stuff. I just, it's just stuff it. like that. I,
1: like, yeah, I couldn't do it because, like, the type of person that I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a free spirit. Like, uh-huh. I, I need to be able to um, experience things on my own t- right, terms right, right. and stuff. Like, if you're telling me, like, all right, I can't, I can't go out of town to go see my family because yeah, it's just stuff like
0: that. Like, my hunger. I is have to like, put in leave. Yeah, I gotta put in leave and got to
1: be approved. Right.
0: And they might deny, depending based upon how they're feeling and stuff like that. I got time for that.
1: Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot going on. So, um, yeah, like that's where a lot of just emotionally, a lot of my, um, I guess baggage kind of got started.
0: So it got started and like, what would you say to it as far as like, you know, how was that making you feel? Like, you know, it's just. People tell you what to do. You can't leave and go see your family because, of course, family means it's something. It means a lot to you because you grew mm-hmm. up around your family. Like, mm-hmm. what is that feeling like to you? Where you got to ask somebody, and the, the answer may be no, or it was no.
1: Um, it was a little frustrating. Like, but not even that. Like, it got to a point where, like, it put me in a state of just existing. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I was. Um, I was there because I had to be there. <laughs> right, right, right. I wasn't right. there because like I genuinely wanted to. I wasn't there because uh I needed to Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh-huh. it was challenging. And um I would say this as well. Uh one thing that um I didn't one thing I kind of struggled with was the fact that I wasn't catching the 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 what it took what it took to do the job. Mm-hmm. In a fashion that um, where my strengths were being being used being used so they're
0: putting you in places where like you didn't really want to be there in those positions, but you had to like make it do right so, like, say for instance like you know you're a great you know leader and you right. want to be in a leadership position, but they put you, put you in a position of servanthood or at the bottom somewhere we just kind of didn't make sense to you in a sense and i
1: wouldn't even say that because like i don't i don't mind being in servant mode Mm -hmm. but it was more so of like sort of job that i did i did human resources pretty much i was handling records making sure that um you know the paperwork that makes them get paid the paperwork that makes them promote the paperwork that makes them exchange from base to base and things of that nature was Mm -hmm. in place so um I'm not the best person when it comes to grammar. I'm not the best person when it comes to following up on emails. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not the the person that when it comes to, you know, data and systems and stuff like that, like, that's not me. But when it comes to, like, customer service, when it comes to, like, being a people person, talking to people, solving problems and things of that nature, that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a lot of times where, like, if you miss the email, Mm -hmm. if you miss an appointment, if things all of these different things happened um it was like i was operating from a state of like my weakness every single day
0: got you yeah yeah so yeah,
1: it yeah. Tra- so it was just it was just draining yeah
0: so. yeah yeah so like it's like you're kind of pushing yourself to want to do it but it's just you
1: can't do it right and the environment as well yeah. like the environment of um the actual what it took to be in that job, it, it requires a certain type of demeanor. It requires a certain type of personality. Mm-hmm. Like me, I like to be active. I like to get up. I like to move. I like yeah, to you're travel. Yeah, behind her
0: desk and mentally is doing the same, yeah, it's thing, the same thing over and, over and over. There's nothing new. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that one. I can see how that can be mentally exhausting, how that you know can be um, mentally traumatizing in those sense because it's like you can be, you can have moments where you're sitting at a desk. Mm -hmm. Have flashbacks to memories of being in the military, where it's like I hated doing this, and it kind of makes you hate doing what you want to do, right? What you need to do for right. So yeah, I get that. So what else happened during these times of you know in the military?
1: Yeah. So um, when I when I when I went into Afghanistan, um, to be honest, it was it was rough. Only the reason why it was rough because um, everybody else who I worked with. Mm. Let's say you got a 12-hour day. They probably really only work in about six, six hours. Me, I was working about 11 hours. And the I hour that I didn't six, work uh, was because of lunch.
0: So you definitely get a lunch.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got lunch. But you're working. So if somebody people work six hours. Why do they get six and you get 11 to 12? So like we're all there present for work. Mm. But what it actually take to do the job? Oh, uh, it takes 12
0: hours. Oh, because you got to account for everybody that's coming in. So if right. you come in at... 12 in the morning, one in the morning, or right. whatever it may be during your shift. Like people are coming in all They're coming times. in
1: all times of the day. Um, the commanders, which is like the CEOs of these companies, mm. um, company per se, uh, we call them squadrons. They needed, you know, certain actual like rosters as well. So I need, I need everybody who's a, uh, I need to roster everybody who's a Christian and with the last name in, and also their birthdays and Zen in so November. You break
0: it down that detail, so like, you know, by religion?
1: You say a Christian? Yeah, like, it, hold on real quick. Let me make sure. My bad. Yeah, like, they ask for any, any different type of... So,
0: if I was, like, a commander in charge or commander in chief, uh-huh. and I say, Charles, I need every person who is in Afghanistan who's a Christian, I need their information to my, on my desk by 3 o'clock. That's how it works. So you got to go into this Excel sheet or whatever, type in the word Christian, pull that down for whatever practices it may be to be like, okay, cool. Because in Afghanistan, it's a highly Muslim country,
1: right? Right. But it it wasn't the fact that, like, I need to know they're a Christian because I need to know. It just, just, like, let's say... um, because the military is very inviting of a whole bunch of different, you know, yeah, religions yeah, right, and stuff right, like right. that. So let's say he just wanted to put a newsletter out. Hey, we're going to be doing Christian services. I want to make sure that got all these you, people. Got you. Oh, or okay. we want to, you know, um, service people that um, that had a birthday. I don't need to know who's all having a birthday this month. Mm-hmm. So we could do a birthday cake for them and actually, you know, do something nice for them or whatever the case may be. But I was, I was the one that was sending them all of that information. Or um, we got a mission. And his mission requires these type of people. Um, send me, send me the people that has these particular career fields, so we can get these things done mm-hmm. and accomplished. So it was just ranging of just anything, and um, a lot of times the system would break, the the computer system would mm-hmm. break, and we had to find um, other different ways to um, work around it to make sure that those things were still. And what were some of the workarounds that you had to do? Um, it's kind of like uh. Manually saving all of these different things, put putting, you know, we I would save uh one before work and one after work. Um, just so as any changes or whatever, and just in case the system went down, mm-hmm. we could at least have something as, as far as this particular day. And then we have to hand jam all of the different hand what? Like hand jam, like literally like add names and take names out based off of the uh the flights that come in and stuff like it, it was it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot,, hey. it was a lot,
0: all right, so like what else like so you you're doing this process and everything like that, so like mm-hmm. what's give us a little bit more of like you know your time in the military um after this time
1: yeah, so um, I ended up when i when I left, it was a lot going on there, um, I ended up leaving afghanistan, uh go back to uh my base, which was in Louisiana mm-hmm. and um from there. Um, not only am i like missing things that was going on back home yeah but um i felt like all of the work that i was putting into what i had going on mm-hmm. um not that i need credit for it but i feel like everything that i was doing it wasn't really being noticed for the things that i was doing yeah 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 so it's like i'm putting in all this hard work i'm doing all these different councils um these clubs i'm hosting events um, I'm doing things like doing parties for um, like breast cancer awareness, and I'm mm-hmm. doing all these big things that's going on. I even did a, um, I even managed a um, all star football game mm-hmm. for the intramural League, and I put that together. You know, I did all these different things, but I was never able to rank up because one, I couldn't test uh, with a high enough score. Uh, two. Mm-hmm. Um, the different things that I had going on at the time, it, it just wasn't for, for whatever reason, I was getting like average annual reports, right? Right. So right. I was never able to progress in 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 the way that I like, you know, mm-hmm. that I see fulfillment in, I like to do projects, see them out, complete them. And I, I like to sit back and see what I accomplished. I wasn't able to do that within the military. Cause it's always something new. It's always a problem. It's always something to, uh, address. So um, it just became draining Like everything was your fault Like <laughs> So I was I just Yeah I was just kind of done with it
0: So they're blaming you for like what though?
1: So like let's say um, Let's say someone um, Let's say someone is getting promoted mm-hmm. Right And it's certain paperwork that needs to be turned in Certain updates that needed to be made mm-hmm. um, If this person doesn't get these things updated as such, then um, they don't get paid with the new rank, with the, with the, with the new paycheck and stuff So as like far that. as the
0: things getting updated, is it like, you know, they just didn't turn something in to you in time or?
1: Sometimes it's that, sometimes it's managing a whole bunch of different programs because not only you're doing your job, but they have you doing a whole bunch of other jobs as well, like um, facility management, um, uh, the drug tests, that was, that was so you had like, to
0: administer people's drug tests So like, you know right. you, you call and say, yo Jovan um, Time for you to go get an annual test Yeah,
1: you, so you, you gotta, gotta come to the guys, office Come
0: to the office, set it up and
1: yeah, So basically um, What we had to do is They'll call us or they'll send us an email With all the different names mm-hmm. And um, what we'll do is we have to actually contact All the supervisors, all these different people And then they'll have to come to the office We can't tell them what it's for so when oh, it so comes I'm just to like,
0: the, you know, yo, Javon, come to the office.
1: Yeah, we need you. We need you at one o'clock. We like, need you at the
0: office at one o'clock.
1: Yeah, as soon as possible. And so I you'll can't come ask to the you office. For what? Because I'm to ask. So. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I'm but I'm calling your supervisor so the supervisor will tell you.
0: Oh, so my supervisor's telling me I need to come to the office. <laughs> right. Oh, right. okay, okay. So you would say you so you to the supervisor and say, yo, I need John, Jovan, Rick, right, Susie, all of them to come to the office, and you right. So say okay, cool, I got you, and then they reach out to them, say text or phone call. say, hey, you right. need to get office at one o'clock. It's an office. Do you piss test? And then
1: yeah, from there it's that that was that was an everyday thing. So like you're so doing many that.
0: jobs you have? So, You had your main job. How many jobs you had in the military? It just
1: it just depends on what what that particular uh, squadron needed. So like um. I was doing not only that, but I was doing a whole bunch of other stuff, too. Like, I want to say, when it comes to scheduling PT tests, that was another one that I did. Um, let's say this person failed at PT test. Now, I have to put them in a the whole program to get them back up to speed. So, like.
0: PT test is what?
1: Physical training test.
0: So, they don't do that before they get to you?
1: Yeah, but it's something that we do every single year or twice a year.
0: Oh, so while even, even while you're in the military, you still got to do another. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's the, that's their way of um, making sure that you're, I guess, fit. Mm-hmm. Why you in the military? You're that not that just doing your so. job. Okay. So.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was. I just got drained with the process. Like I didn't want to be there anymore. Like, I mean,
0: it had to be. It's exa- It has to be exhausting to have to wear so many hats, and you're wearing these hats of things that you don't enjoy. <laughs> I can see if you're wearing hats of things that you enjoy. Like you know, I wear a lot of hats. But I enjoy. It all for the most part. Right. You know, outside of the stressful piece that comes with it, like, you know, I, I enjoy it. But was like if I had to do something that I don't enjoy every day, I'm out.
1: And and it's not even, you know, because there's going to be things in life where you're going to have to do things you don't want to do. Right, anyway. right, right. Of course. But it's not even about that. It's just the fact that, like, not only not only that, but mm-hmm. let's say a, a, a normal um, structure of like work is you show up at 730, you leave at four. Right. Mm hmm. For us, it was like sometimes you had to come in at five. Sometimes you had to leave at six or seven, or, or sometimes you had to come in on the weekend and do a whole shift. Just because of what? Just, be, just because sometimes you they might get just in.
0: Like create a schedule like around like okay, we have X amount of people, and then I create a schedule to where Charles works Monday through Friday. Javon works Tuesday. I mean. Yeah, Tuesday through Saturday. So and so forth. Wednesday through Sunday. No,
1: like no, it's 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 more like I said. It's more like a nine to five. So like you have your days where you have your 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 days that you're on and you're off. For the uh-huh. for the job that I had, uh, we only worked on the weekdays. So Monday from fr- uh, Monday through Friday from seven thirty to about four thirty. Okay. that was, that was pretty much the set hours that we always had to work no matter what different career fields some of them worked on the weekends let's say you worked on the on the jets and the planes mm-hmm. you work on the flight line you might have to work on a week but it's sometimes where let's say work isn't getting done let's say um you got in trouble or let's just say it's just something to do
0: oh so that's how it pushes into the 12-hour days
1: right and then on top of that uh huh, they put even more stress on you like let's say because i'm i'm single i don't have no wife i don't have no kids and nothing like that oh so, so. it's
0: like since you're the single guy he ain't got nothing to do so let's put all power that's on so everybody's kind of getting to their family and their kids oh, that's fine that's mad foul i'd have made up i, I gotta i got i got a girlfriend now i'd have made something <laughs> up like, i would have like it's just only right but, but- they they wouldn't even care about that. Like it has to be like spouse and actual birth children.
1: Like I really children are, to be honest. I don't adopt like, a
0: kid or something. <laughs> <laughs> something
1: and this something. is this is why they like if you if you're a single parent, a lot of the times they don't allow you to get into the military unless you sign your rights away to somebody else. What
0: you got to legally sign your rights away to somebody? Mm-hmm. Just to, as a single parent, mm-hmm. because of the fact that you would just they never know where you're gonna be traveled to.
1: Not only that, but you might deploy. Um, you might have to come in on a weekend, and if you have, if you're a single parent, nobody else can take that slack for you. So it, it may not always be that way, but at least you have guardianship to, let's say, your mom or the the mother or the father or whoever it is. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's very demanding, very demanding. Not only that, but it's not just work. Outside of work, it's a whole nother thing as well. Because now we we're doing outside of work. We we like you're pretty much responsible for especially if you're a supervisor for others other people's like living they're grown but that's that's not how it is in the military if somebody gets in trouble on the outside of like outside of work eye
0: eye for an eye thing come from
1: no i don't think that's that i don't think that's that well that's not pirate stuff i think i don't
0: know (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: um let's say let's say uh let's say you're a supervisor and one of your troops they get in a fight at the club or something like that right Mm -hmm. we can stuff like that happens right on the on on the outside nobody cares but on the inside like you come into work you are bruised up and stuff like that or let's say like you even got locked up now everybody's involved now you're about to get paperwork you're about to get a strike taken probably you're about to get some money taken it's that intense like they're inside of your life like you 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 don't have a life like it's theirs. Like you, when they say you sold your soul, like that's 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 how it is in the military. How many years did you do? I did about seven years cool. and about four months. What was your bid? Yeah, a seven year bid. Yeah, did a seven year bid. So you did seven years
0: and then like so there was no like war for you during this time. I don't think were
1: we in war any I mean Afghanistan.
0: We were in At- war in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And you, but your job was just really just like you know HR documentation stuff. You didn't right. have to like step from behind the desk and step on the front line. Absolutely not. There's a possibility that you may it's happen. always
1: a because, like even when when we was in Afghanistan, everybody had a weapon. So you had a gun.
0: Yeah. And a knife and all that other good stuff.
1: Like, well, yeah, I had a knife, <coughs> So And some people had what war, what war
0: what war where were we we in during this time?
1: The Afghan war. Yeah. Um the operation that I was a part of was called Operation Freedom. But um Yeah, been podcasting, Marcus. <laughs> but um yeah, it, you know, since we've been to Afghanistan, we've pretty much been at war. So, like, I'm there, bombs is going off and stuff like that. Like, that was a real thing. Do you have, like, PTSD from that? I don't think I have PTSD from the bombs, per se, but I definitely have some just about the experience, especially, like, even getting into Korea. Working in that in those type of environments uh-huh. was definitely, like, super, super toxic. So, let's um, talk
0: about Korea. So, you leave Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and then your next, what do they call it, uh... Uh
1: well, basically, when you deploy, uh-huh. you have a home base. So home I was in Louisiana. Louisiana.
0: so you always go back to Louisiana check in, and then it's like, here's your next assignment.
1: Right, so that back happened to right, so that happened to me, and so I got back in 2016. I stayed in Louisiana um, until about 2000, 2019. I was I was faced with a decision. I was like, do I either get out because you signed with a three-year contract? I signed a, a, a six-year. Signed a six-year contract. Mm-hmm. Time you're back in Louisiana after
0: Afghanistan, you're in year what? This is about year four. But you have to fulfill that, don't you?
1: Right. So basically, this is what happened. So I got back in 2016. I got back integrated. I stayed there for a few years. I stayed there for about two and a half years mm-hmm. after after I, I deployed. <coughs> so within those two and a half years, it was it's I want to say 2019 now. Um, this is pretty much my year where I either would get out the military. Or I was faced With a new opportunity Because they was like Hey you got a new assignment Come through I mean Not come through But you have new assignment I can either take the assignment Or I could get out So I, 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 I said You know what Let me at least experience Some other bases Because I know After South Korea I have another base to go to Because that's how They have it set up So in 2019 I ended up going to South Korea mm-hmm. And South Korea was nuts I ain't going with you
0: What was so nuts um, about it?
1: So Not only is Trump Making oh. all those tweets. <laughs> this is during Trump era. Yeah.
0: Oh, and he's beefing with um King jo- uh, King yeah. John, right?
1: Yeah. Ooh. So not only that is going on, but what it takes to be in Korea. Oh, like, so
0: scared for our lives. <laughs> that little joker is freaking
1: insane. He's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily even. Uh, concerned as much about that, but I was like, remember what I was true. saying Everybody about um, Afghanistan and how like constricting it was, right? Uh huh. It was the same thing in Korea, but even more so because now, like every month or two, mm-hmm. we have to do what we call uh, mop exercises. This is where Mock we exercises where we put the chem gear on the the mask. What? the the suits on and stuff what and you have to chem gear. Uh chem gear is like let's say you have it's a chemical like a chemical, uh, chemical attacks and uh, you see like the people that has like the hazmat suits and stuff on. Yeah. It's a military version of it where you have the the coat, the 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 pants, the boots, you got the the helmet with the the So you have the there masks. this is like practice.
0: Yeah, we so was like doing in, that like every UK two months like you know Donald Trump pisses off Kim Jong well, and it, he it freaking just, yeah does, it, it, anybody. Uh, well, I'm talking about him in general, like <laughs> I feared for our lives for like a hot <laughs> second because Trump being Trump, doing what Trump does best. Yo, you you're know, talking, talking, <laughs> them thumbs. Kim John being, you know, no offense, have a little man's complex. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I don't know what's going on, but you're, you're there yeah. during this time of the Trump era.
1: But it, it wasn't even that that was challenging for me. It was really the work is the work environment where I was at was super toxic. So well, like one thing, right? I was one of two people that do what I do within that you still doing HR work. Yeah. I'm doing the HR work. So
0: that's your job, wherever you go. R-
1: right, right. And I'm doing this for anywhere between 480 to 527 people that was going in and out Heck no. every single month within. Like you know, it was it was about six months. Yeah, yeah Was yeah, yeah, the yeah. I guess the waves uh-huh. when you have like a whole new group of people, but you still have people coming in here and there. But um, any given time, it was anywhere between five hundred people or so. That you got to check in. That
0: that how long is like? Are they telling you that you got to check people in?
1: Well, um, it was a little bit different from Afghanistan because it wasn't like a daily thing. Okay, okay. It was more so um, these people are leaving; they're going to their next base, and these are their replacements coming in. So it, it it still had waves mm-hmm. and I still was doing in process and briefings and stuff like that. But um, it was more so because I was I was working on the flight line. Mm-hmm. I was working on the flight line. I was working for the maintainers. Maintainers have a whole different culture. What's a maintainer? Um, a maintainer is someone who actually fixed the planes. So these are the people that turn in the wrenches, make sure the planes are good so they can fly. So um, they have a whole different culture. It's like crazy. It's not it's, it's even. Uh, So basically they work All day every day But They have their own shifts Like I was saying Like these Mm. people They have this Your day off might be Monday and Tuesday Your day off may be Thursday and and Friday Somebody else's day Might be on Wednesday And whatever Yeah You know but um, They work 12 hour shifts And what they did Was super demanding So um, And they have a different mindset Mm. Because Um you know, it's a little bit more crude. It's a little bit... And I'm not against that. That's cool. But the way that they handle each other it yeah. was more like a locker room.
0: Ah, uh, so like real, like, crazy types...
1: Crazy right. talk, crazy right. actions and stuff right. like that. Right, which, which I'm not, like, not used to, yeah. per se. But it's just, they have their own culture stuff. And I was an outsider in their culture. Right, so they right. treated me like as such. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you'll bend over. You do all these different things to help accommodate their needs. Mm-hmm. But, um they always wanted to change stuff. They always like they it was on their own time.
0: So the military in a sense kind of just broke you mentally.
1: Yeah. Not and not only that. I'm going through a lot of different stuff too. So my first week I so back up a little bit. Mm. Um that January of 2019, I had to go into training so I can have the actual training for um leadership training. Um in preparation of when I become a sergeant, mm-hmm. whenever I test. So that was a requirement for I go to Korea. So I only had a few months because I was supposed to be leaving in like May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the training was like three three months or so. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to do that first before I can out-process. yeah. So I'm going through the training, I went through it, and I only have like a month and a half to out-process and get all of my paperwork turned in and things of that nature. I still had to shoot, I still had to do a lot of these different things. And I wasn't able, most people are able to go back home, visit their family and stuff before they go off. I wasn't able to. Why? I didn't have time. So like literally, I still had, I had a, um, I was renting a house, mm-hmm. I had a two bedroom house and um, I was renting in, in um, Louisiana. I had to pack, I had to move, I had to get all that stuff out of there. I also had to out process, had to get all my stuff, and by the time all of those paperworks and stuff was situated, it was time for me to leave. So um when I get to Korea, literally the first week when I got there, my grandfather passed. And um I had to use my um you only get two of these. One is for your mother, one is for your father, where they they send a Red Cross signal and stuff like that where you can actually, they'll send you back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to use your leave. They call emergency leave. And um, I used it. I used it so I could go home. So literally the first week that I got to Korea, <laughs> that happened. So I had to come straight back home.
0: And do they, are they, so who pays for like y'all's flights in like in cases like that? Is something that you have to?
1: They, they pay for it that time. Okay. But on a normal cases, like normal case basis, like I, it'll come out your own pocket. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, so that happened. So not only I'm dealing with that, but I'm in a place where like it's super restrictive. Like I got this little this this little dorm room where yeah. I'm sharing with three other people, one kitchen.
0: I mean, you shared a room with three, uh,
1: tw- I mean, a house with twelve people. That's be hard with you. Yeah, but
0: it was a little bit different because be, they're
1: not your family. They're not your family. You don't know these people. People have different um, hygiene. <laughs> I feel like I couldn't even <laughs> clean, bro. Like, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't even cook. I feel like I couldn't even cook because I had to clean before I cook.
0: Right, right, right. Like,
1: right. I'm talking about deep clean because people, you know, like He's nasty. You know what I'm saying? Well, like yeah,
0: you said, they're just
1: filthy <laughs> and <laughs> disgusting. And, yeah, yeah really, I don't like
0: people who don't care about themselves. That's like a pet peeve of mine.
1: But not only that, um, we, we was walking everywhere because nobody had cars.
0: I don't see how you did. I had attitude every day
1: and 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 not only that but like let's say you want to go off base you want to hang out and stuff like that we had curfew what time uh two two o'clock two
0: o'clock in, in the,
1: the morning, morning. yeah I ain't
0: bad I ain't
1: too bad i mean but you if you're hanging out you know what i'm saying it's like you have to really start to leave at like 12 because oh, walking Not walking not we you're walking but we take cabs too so you take know, cabs everywhere and stuff too bad, but bad. cabs run out but how old are you at this time like 24. Like, so you still want you still want to, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I was restricted, and then like you can't even like Google stuff to go do, go out and do because like you're know, in South Korea. Google don't Work
0: like that. You pull up food near me, and it's like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, like...
0: Clubs in the area. So you got to kind of meet people to kind of get to know what's going on And the... Or still at the same time, like, can you trust?
1: This is my work environment. That right there. Where it's like, I feel like I was walking on eggshells because I'm being told what people are, like, leadership is saying about me and, and the stuff that I'm doing. What I'm not...
0: saying? Like, you know that you're not doing a good job or... Right. He's not fit for this position or even fit for the military itself. It's a lot of different
1: stuff that, like, I felt like I was walking on eggshells. Same. And then on top of that, I'm already going through stuff at, at home. home. Yeah. and stuff like that on my own personal stuff like i feel like like the only thing i'm doing is going to work and coming home going to work and coming home going to work and coming home i would do a little couple things that i could you know try to do a little interim sports here and there but Mm -hmm. i was i was getting hurt like i was injured so what was like your final straw to say you know what i was done before i went to korea to be honest But I I went to Korea because I was like you know what I hear about how dope it is I hear about how fun it is so but did you get to have any of that fun I won't say I won't ha- I didn't have a lot of good times but uh-huh. it definitely wasn't a fun experience so work wise it was terrible
0: on the way out so as you're making this transition to say yo I'm out of this joint right. I can't do this no more like what is what's going through your mind and how do you tell them like I'm not signing another contract because this by now is what year what.
1: Year about five or six. Year
0: five or six. You signed a six-year contract.
1: Right. And I had to extend the contract um, in uh-huh. order to uh, take the assignment to Korea and also have the following assignment, which is um, the last place where I, I served, which was in Maryland.
0: Okay. So you're back in the States. And then after yeah. you're back in the States, you're saying, okay, cool. I'm not signing this contract.
1: The crazy thing was before I even got to Maryland, because um, I got there like July 4th weekend, like right before July 4th weekend. hmm in 2019 and I already knew my I was getting out June 26, twenty twenty. Mm. So like before I even step foot, I'm already knowing I'm this. I'm only gonna be here for yeah, 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 yeah. Just a short period of time, like. <laughs> right? So like I'm already checked out. Yeah, so yeah I was telling like, them whatever. I was like, listen, I'm. I'm I know I'm here. That got me for a few months. I'm, I'm gonna do what I gotta do, but I, I'm out. This, this is it. Like the same pack three years ago. Right, right, like, right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> y'all better get this. I'm one foot out the door, one foot still kind of in. God,
1: yeah. So. so are
0: you? So are you still doing music at this time or? yeah so
1: i actually was doing music throughout the whole time i was fortunate to have an experience where it was like a college-like experience mm-hmm. when i was in the military so not only you know we doing all these different things but housing-wise when i first got there my first three and a half years or so there 2013 to about 2016-ish or so mm-hmm. i lived in the dorms and this is pretty much lodging where they they keep all the people that had ranks of e1 to about e3 yeah 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 and um We all stayed in, you know, a dorm. So, like, I was able to meet a whole bunch of people that did a whole bunch of things on their off time. Mm -hmm. So I was able to meet one of my close friends who I still talk to every single week. My boy, um, um, Alim, call him Ace. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was rapping at the time and I produced. So we found that commonality with each other and we was doing a lot of music together. From there, um, I had some other friends that I was connected with. Mm -hmm. Um, My boy, White, I had another... (laughs) Yeah, you so got him. No. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. damn. Oh, yeah, I got it. All
1: right, we're good. I think. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> but um, also, I just met a lot of people that did music through through the military. My boy Davis, as well, come to find out, he's like he he's kind of like this legendary producer in a way, like in his in his own sense. Like mm-hmm. he, he was doing a whole bunch of songs for Lil B. Remember Lil B. Wanton Soup? How about um he was in this group called the Pack, and it was this song that they had um, got my vans on, but they yeah like yeah some, yeah yeah yeah. It's a member of the Pack. His name is Lil B. Uh, he started he's he pretty much started the whole wave of making. And obnoxious music uh-huh. it just it didn't, didn't make, make sense, sense but, but it was just catchy yeah got you okay yeah okay, okay. so like the little yatties and um all the lugs and stuff like that when uh-huh. it comes to like the mumble rap area per se yeah yeah, yeah. um like little little b and soldier boy and stuff like that like they was pretty much the godfather of what that right, would look right. like he was producing a whole bunch of records from little b so this actually is the person who linked me to actually i actually did a song with him as well so right. i sent him a, a few beats to this particular email he told me to send it to and actually got a song with little b really want on to so you get
0: like a cut from every time that joint Get you a know, like uh, what do they call it Not a mission
1: but like uh it's my like royalty check yeah royalty check i should the reason why i don't is because i didn't register the song to ask cap right right to be in mind stuff like that before yeah, yeah, then yeah. i was just making music uh-huh. i didn't i didn't know the music business i know some of these things now but yeah. at the time it was a mixtape so
0: oh, okay yeah, you know what yeah, i'm
1: saying yeah. like it, it, it wasn't even like it wasn't even
0: actually going through like the streams of yeah. being an actual like album person okay right okay. but that i did sense.
1: notice it on streaming though like it is on streaming now though so i i can uh it's, it's, on like it's on spotify and stuff like that you're gonna laugh at the uh at the title let me know you're ready <laughs> all
0: right damn <laughs> messages coming through God. go
1: ahead <laughs> it's little b right little
0: b h no o five Oh no oh, 5 okay O5, okay uh-huh oh five oh five fm oh five fm remix One, i'm not gonna play it that I'm not by me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I did the beat on that. I did the beat okay, on that. Word, word, word. Okay, 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 yeah, okay, So um at the same time as well, mm-hmm. um, not only I'm meeting a whole bunch of people through the military, but I'm still uh-huh. working with people back home. Yeah, 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 So yeah. um one of my closest friends, he's the reason why I call myself Pat. Because that's what he was called. Um hey, so, how
0: does Charles and Pat like how does those two like collide? I I explain,
1: I explain. So back in um high school, this mm-hmm. is what uh he's the reason why like he inspired me to actually get into producing um to a sense. So um when I was in Miami, I did ninth grade there in Miami. Mm. I moved to Georgia in my tenth grade year. So I met him my ninth grade year at um Miramar High School. And uh Bill used to talk at the the bus stops and stuff like that about music all the time. Yeah, He's yeah. the one that put me on a lot of different um yeah. artists, like uh Drake, Childs Gambino, a whole bunch of dope, you know, artists yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, Mac yeah. Miller. Um Where's Khalifa, like he the one that put me on a lot of these different artists? And um, when i got to my 10th grade year i yeah. see that he was actually um starting to rap himself this was the first time especially around i want to say 2010 mm-hmm. 2011 or so like back then if you in in high school and you actually have like an, a legitimate looking album cover and you have like music that actually sound good like real beats and it's yeah, yeah, mixed yeah. in a way where it actually sounds good uh-huh. like you you was you was on another level like a lot of times people you know they they recording in a shoebox and you can hear it and it right, ain't right. people ain't really, you know, oh, okay, like it's That's cool, right. yeah, but yeah, yeah I don't wanna I don't wanna listen to that. Like he actually had like a real movement going on in the school when I left. Yeah. So as I'm seeing that I'm listening to the songs and stuff like that. We still talking and stuff. Um I started produce and I wanted to produce for him. So um I got into that, I also got into graphic design so I could help him as well. So I, I pretty much weaved my way into his his circle. You know what I'm saying? And it. um At the time, I had a lot of different just uh, production names, but I feel like nothing was sticking Mm -hmm. like I wanted it to. So we actually sat down uh, and we was just talking about different types of names. And um, it's actually an acronym. So uh, it's probably still on my Facebook on one of them. Pictures that I got too, mm-hmm. where you can see the the, the that's uh, acronym, yeah, yeah, not the acronym, but like the progression of
0: oh, like yeah, yeah, who, of where the name was yeah, in yeah, yeah, towards. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, pack is actually an acronym, and it stands for. And I'm actually going to change the actual meaning to it, but it stands for progression and creation king. It it just describe my production style. So
0: it's P A C K. Got you. Okay. 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 okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, even my tag, like that's his voice, mm-hmm. like saying pack P, like. Yeah, that's 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 his actual voice. So, um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much where the name comes from. Like, mm-hmm. he he inspired me not only to produce and get into graphic design because that's where I started to get into. Right, right. Um, actually, I I got started producing. Um, it was a it was a class here. Um, in uh, Gwinnett County, I went to a school called Shalaha. High, and um, it was a beat making class, and I took that in my junior year, and then my 12th grade year, I took a graphic design class. So that's where both of those things started.
0: How are you? Twenty seven. We didn't have none of that stuff in high school.
1: Yeah, I was fortunate. The yeah. only thing
0: I had was home economics, right? And that was in middle. That's in middle school. Like we didn't have anything like outside career stuff, like you know, like you know, beat making and you know, just stuff that kind of like isn't the normal for like going to school. So like now you're doing all that. Like now you're transitioning. So you did the music and you transition, You know what you've been we've been talking about, mm-hmm. which is your coaching programs you want to it's called what's it called again
1: brand like an artist brand
0: like an artist which is dope on how you know you're taking people's personal brands right mm-hmm. and you turn that into utilize the artistry that you've learned mm-hmm. to help them brand themselves in that way talk about that and like you know how does that work um, yeah
1: so i actually was alley this the brand and our moniker mm-hmm. from um, a coaching program i'm part of um with uh Business bully, his name Dave Anderson, mm-hmm. and uh, one of his associates. We had a, um, a talk about you know all the things that I wanted to do, and I've realized we're working with local artists from 2010 to about 2019, about nine years, mm-hmm. that. Um, that type of money wasn't going to sustain me to do it full time. Like I would have to get a big break Mm -hmm. and then like, which is, you know, it's possible, but it's very, very like uh, a slim chance for that happening. And even then you you still have to produce and do all these things. So, um, I decided to do a, uh, to pivot what I did instead of working with artists exclusively, let me actually tap into the entrepreneurs and teach them all the things that I've been learning when it comes to um, the artistry, how to actually brand yourself as an artist, mm-hmm. how to actually... Um, when you when you go to a particular artist, let's say it's, it's um, Usher, Summer Walker, Drake, Kanye, or whatever the case may be, you kind of know what to expect mm-hmm. because their messaging is so clear. Right,
0: right, right. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, you know, when you when you listen to a Drake record, it's going to be probably about three, three or four different things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A relationship, <laughs> Definitely a relationship A relationship uh-huh. uh, you, you know Drake is going to be talking Something about being in the club Right 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 Uh. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying And he's going to be talking about uh Something like In reflection about his life
0: True Yep. yep you know yep, what I'm yep, saying uh, So like
1: uh, with those three things You know you, you know what to expect Yeah yeah When you listen to Drake
0: So you're taking like Models of artists And, t- mm-hmm. and pretty much it's like giving that to um giving that to entrepreneurs like absolutely if this is your space so you're kind of like looking at have like a meeting a sit down with them in a sense get an understanding of what they do it's like me I produce podcasts I speak you know i author I do like all sorts of different types of things in a sense you know I'm a you know mental health you know therapist all that type of stuff so it's like you would say, "I'll give you all that." You say, "Okay, hey, cool." This is how you need to brand yourself.
1: Absolutely, because one thing that I've noticed is, especially as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, even me, me and my my own experience as well. I've done this. We we try to do a whole bunch of different things, mm-hmm. and they all tugging at each other because they all have. Not only their own level of attention that you need to tend to, but they all they don't work together at all. Right. Right. Like, exactly. Like, yeah, let's yeah, say you yeah. do Toro and then you're doing Airbnb and then you're doing um, music and then you're doing hair. Like none of those things go together. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. you're you're really not able to make those things work together work
0: together and pull together the strength of each thing.
1: Right. Ah, that's so, dope. That's so okay, as yeah. I that's what I do as, you know, brand and yeah, 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 I help you. Figure out okay, what can we focus on? Right, like, right. It's all about branding, all about how you present yourself to uh-huh. the world. So, like, um, if you if you position yourself as a uh, mental health therapist, then when you start to bring up a clothing line or you start to bring up something else that you're doing on the side, it may not coexide because right, people right. see you in a certain way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah, what
1: yeah. I'm saying? But if you're able to position yourself as something that I'm the brand. I'm yeah, able to. I'm the
0: brand. So the brand and everything else is an extension of uh, me. So
1: now, when I talk about, um, what, for 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 you, for example, uh-huh. you say you say, of course we got the podcast, right? Of right, course right. we got the mental therapy uh, piece of it, but um, you say you got some other things as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what else you got going on?
0: So, in the world of Jovan, so I got, I'm a therapist,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, slash coach. Mm-hmm. I manage this building we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I manage a cold brand. Mm-hmm. I manage a behind the scenes of a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, social proof podcast. Uh, what else do I do? I'm in school right now, mm-hmm. and I'm building my coach program. Right. And that's that's it for the most part.
1: Right. <laughs> so, so the way that you could brand all of these things so they work like in alignment yeah, with yeah, each yeah. other. If you, if you position yourself as a creative entrepreneur, oh. now it makes sense. I have all these different projects. I have all of these different things. And they all have a purpose within my life because, one, they, these are the things that I believe. I believe. Right, right, right. I believe this. Um, this is my messaging. This mm-hmm. is how I want to impact the world. And this is what I'm good at. This is what my genius is. Yeah, All yeah. of these different things within my program, we're able to actually identify these things, put these things together and also what your core values are. So like, this is how I know, um, I, I even got a, um, I need, I need to actually, um, contact her as well. But this is how I know that I'm in my purpose. Mm-hmm. Wh- what I'm doing now is because I identify what my core values are. I I'm identify a
0: creative entrepreneur.
1: right. So. If 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 you if you put all these things in alignment now and, and you and you have clearly what you mm. what you think about the world, what you, how you see the world, how you want to impact uh, the the world per se, yeah, all of these different things if they are in, the, in alignment with that vision and that it mission, it helps
0: the progression of you the the artist per se, like you know it helps the progression of you the entrepreneur because. Everything is lined up. So you're not being pulled, you know, here and you know, pulled here and hold here, and you're like, you know, you're going back and forth with everything. Right. It's like everything makes sense. If I did a clothing line, I would do a mental health clothing line. If I did, exactly. you know, a podcast it needs to be uh specifically on mental, mental health, what we do right here today. We talk exactly. about you know, mental health stuff like that. So it's like any and everything that I have my mind on, it's like I should it should pretty much make sense into what whom I the core of whom I am.
1: Right. And not only that, but sometimes we get presented opportunities mm-hmm. and some, sometimes it might be a, a, a decent opportunity for most people. Yeah. But it may not be in alignment with who you are and your core values are. So, like, for instance, if uh, somebody came to you about, hey, I need you to uh, you're good at project management. I need somebody to come into my company, which I sell car parts and I need somebody <laughs> to help. uh, uh all the moving yeah, pieces. Yeah, 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 Like, no, I'm not going to do I, I that. Get, like, yeah, it
0: makes zero sense for me to do. You know
1: what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. I think a lot
0: of entrepreneurs we get we get caught up in that because, like, I know for me, sitting behind the desk of the Soul True Podcast and everybody who comes through, I'm like, oh, that's that's how it's dope. Oh, that's right. why I do that. Like, you know, oh, let's do this, let's do that, and I'm like, you have to like really draw back from the shiny object syndrome mm-hmm. because it's like there's so much opportunity out here. Absolutely. I mean, tons of opportunity out here to make some money, especially here in Atlanta, because everybody in Atlanta is doing something different.
1: Like, mm-hmm. yeah, some
0: people who are doing some things the same, but it's like everyone's doing something different in their own way. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the whole creative entrepreneur, i like have never thought of anything like that before. That's really dope. Um, but it's just, we're all creative in our own way, but you help us to pretty much say, okay, cool, let's sit down, let's map this thing out, let's draw it on a whiteboard, whatever it may be, and we're going to help you niche down and what you need to focus on and how you mm-hmm. need to do it. And I would need to contact you and be like, yo, Charles, somebody hit me with this opportunity. Does this line up? And it's like, you know, ongoing thing within your coaching program, right? Because your coaching program is how long?
1: Uh, it's going to be uh, six weeks. I'm, I'll, I'll be um, actually probably messing around with a 12-week program as well. Mm-hmm. I'm still uh, developing, getting some things. I got some help now um, to... I got somebody on board that's actually gonna help me even expand the program even better Word. than what it is right now. Okay, so, okay, okay. So yeah. the program's on its way.
0: get the program coming up, and how can people, if somebody says, you know, they see this artist, well, by the time this comes out, your program should be done. Yeah. So how will they reach you and be like, yo, I wanna I need to brand like an artist? Like, especially how I can see a lot of like, I can see a lot of um, a lot of up and coming artists. Mm-hmm. Want well, to you know, how do I brand myself just the artist instead of just brand myself as just like, you know, just a music person. But like branding, personal branding, getting my name out there, who I am, what I do Absolutely. outside of just rapping. So I can see a lot of people. So how do they get in touch with you to do that, man?
1: Um, yeah. So basically, um, I have a Instagram page. My Instagram is produced by Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, P-O-R-D-B-Y-P-A-C-K. And it's produced by Pack, not proud by Pack. A lot of people <laughs> say that. And I'm like, yeah, proud by Pack, proud by Pack. Yeah, you first put it Prod product. by Pat. No, nah, it's, it's it's the abbreviation <laughs> for production uh-huh. or produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P O R D produced by Pat. Okay, so okay. um yeah, you could you could also uh contact me there and I also have a couple websites that that are actually on the way as well. And the website would be brandlikeanartist.com
0: an artist.com. all yeah. right so but do a quick uh commercial real quick and go then ahead, man, just so want you to close yeah. out with some inspirational words and we will be good to go absolutely all right y'all so this episode is sponsored to you by the emboldened institute it's where i joe von palmer send out daily messages to you all and it's just inspirational stuff to help you kind of just get through life and get through your day so what you want to do is send me a text to 404-476-6780 that's 404-476-6780 it is I that actually respond. I don't have anybody, no robot, nothing like that, who's actually texting y'all. You do get to respond and kind of get enrolled, but after that, you know, it helps you get connected with me. Um, personally, you can reach out to me. On, I know some people say, I don't, want, I don't have Instagram. Or I don't have social media. So if you, this is your way to get connected to me into the world of, you know, healing space. And I send out things that help you heal and help you get over, not get over, but get through the trauma and how to deal with the trauma. So text me 404 Charles, close this out, bro.
1: Yeah, so um, Or produced by Pat <laughs> Yeah, either one's cool But um, yeah, I, the, the main message that I like to say really is um, As things really start to turn around Because it's been a transition, bro Like mm-hmm. getting out the military is, is is easily the hardest thing I've ever done I bet And um, especially with the path that I chose Mm-hmm I didn't choose <clears throat> just to get out, just to get another job. Like yeah. I, I'm in pursuit of being a full time entrepreneur. I'm not mm-hmm. quite there just yet. he close, but I'm very, very close, yeah, and yeah, it's gonna yeah. happen very, very relatively soon. And what's really been, um, monumental in this transition as these these things really start to pick up and start to turn out as much as I wanted it to is, um, being intentional. Mm being intentional about everything, about the yeah, people yeah, that yeah, you yeah. want to be attached to, about the environments that you want to set yourself in and also making a decision. Mm-hmm. So, um, being decisive. One thing that, you know, um, I was kind of raised on, uh, or I wouldn't say raised on, but something that was in my experience is not making any decisions because I was kind of, I was, I was sheltered mm-hmm. and my mom was, was pretty strict. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, any type of decision that I was making as a kid I was just look over my shoulder and I was like okay like is this is this okay or am I doing the right thing or whatever yeah. the case may be but if your goal is to be an entrepreneur what I've been learning what I've been doing a lot of deep searching and uh-huh. and a lot of um my own healing about my my trauma is mm-hmm. um Make, make decisions. They don't have to be the best one. They don't have to be the right one. Just yeah, yeah, give yourself sure. a space to actually make a decision so you can move forward. Right, right. When you make decisions, a lot of great things can start happening to you, especially when you start to execute.
0: Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it, man. Listen, this is Living Blessed Podcast. We are out. Peace.